0: Grab your Bible, turn to Psalm chapter 25 this morning, Psalm chapter number 25 uh, this morning. I wanna look at this chapter together. This is probably a semi-familiar thought. Um, about six years ago, I shared this particular thought and I felt impressed with the Lord to uh, share it this morning, Psalm chapter number 25. Uh, let's, uh, let's just go and read a couple of verses to get us started this morning in verse number one. We'll read down through verse number five. Psalm chapter 25 verse one says, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul Oh my God, I trust in thee, let me not be ashamed, let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed, let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Verse 4, show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. Verse 5, lead me in thy truth, and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait um, all the day. Twice, David makes that statement in verse number 4 and 5, and that's teach me. And I want to talk about that thought this morning on who does God uh, teach heavenly father again i ask for your help and blessing on your word and god thank you that you are the teacher the master teacher help us father to be a master pupil help us father to listen and learn teach us now from your word bless your people in jesus name i pray amen i was uh, a school teacher before i became a pastor i uh, majored in history and, and physical education because those were the two easiest subjects a person could do in college and uh, you know i wanted to be in ministry uh, and I didn't want to go into secular, so I knew that I, a school teacher would be one of the uh, things that would keep me in ministry, and so that's why I became a school teacher. I, nothing, I didn't have a scientific method of, you know, I felt this burning bush call of God to be a school teacher, because once you're in the class with students, you figure out that's not a call of God. That's the punishment of God, Already, right? And uh, so I was a high school teacher for five years, and then the Lord called me to preach. And... Um, and so teaching is not my forte. And so teaching, even teaching classes, I don't, uh, it's not, I'm not comfortable. I, I, uh, there's a difference now, preaching is teaching. and uh, I don't know who've coined the phrase, but preaching is teaching with an explanation point. There's something about exhorting people, which is the same as teaching people, but it's not like just teaching people. And I'm, not, I'm not trying to confuse you, but if you've ever stood in front of a class before and you're just imparting knowledge, and not inspiring people to learn, there's just a big difference. I mean, and, I, and I'm not comfortable of that. And I teach in the college here. And uh, to me, it's a little bit different because we're just trying to really teach people ministry and ministry is just a matter of living. If ministry is your life, you live your life. And while you're living your life, you teach people about ministry. That I enjoy that, uh, that's not a problem. But teaching here, I wanna talk to you a little this idea of teaching because this word teaching, I should have brought one this morning. But the word teach, actually, in this passage here, it's mentioned, uh, I think, at least five times, it's the, is the word goad. It's, it's what a person would, uh, it's a cattle prod as far as moving people along. And by the way, that is teaching, by the way. It's moving people along. It's inspiring people. It's prodding people. It's, it's trying to get people to go to the next level in their Christianity. But that, that's, what, that's what preaching is all about. Is, listen, we don't, God doesn't want you to come to church and just hear about the Bible. He wants you to go and practice the Bible. He wants you to see, okay, this is what we've learned, now we're going to put it into practice. By the way, when we talk about growing in grace or growing in your faith, can I just remind you this morning that that's what you're supposed to do, all right? Is you're supposed to grow in grace or grow in your faith. If you stay at the same level of your Christianity as you were 10 years ago, then I'm going to just tell you something. Uh, That's not what God's purpose for your life is, all right? Uh, The Bible talks about that. Uh, as far as us growing in our faith. Now this morning, I wanna talk about this idea of teaching. We're about to start school. We're about to start college. We start college on Wednesday. We start school the following Tuesday. Um, and we'll have several classes here. But can I just tell you that God's a teacher. God's the one who's trying to impart knowledge. He's the one who's trying to get us to, to, to learn and to put into practice what he's, what he's teaching us. Now David wrote Psalm 25 under the inspiration of God. And David said, God, teach me. You know, our problem is not necessarily with a teacher. The problem is with the student. Because God's, there's no problem with God. God's a perfect teacher. Would you agree with that? Say amen. amen. Okay, so God wants to teach us. He wants to teach us how to be what we are. If you're a lady, God wants to teach you how to be a lady. If you're a man, God wants to teach you how to be a man. And our society has all that mixed up, all righty? You're either a, fa- a, male, a male or female. You're not the in-between, all righty? i am been eating at McDonald's and there's a girl, I'm sorry, there's a guy dressed like a girl that comes into McDonald's He's in, a, in, a, in a skirt, and, and, and there's, just, there's just no way. I mean, it's, it's a boy, all right? I don't care what you dress it up, okay? It's like taking a pig and putting lipstick on, it's still a pig, all right? Not a good parallel, but same thing, all right? <laughs> so all I'm trying to say is this, is that God wants to teach you how to, how to work your finances, how to raise children. I was thinking uh, just yesterday, you know, I'm 52 years old. If I could just know what I know now when I was 20, boy, life sure would have been sweet. I'm serious about that. I was just thinking about just different things in my life that I understand now that I didn't understand that I can't tell you how many countless people I must have offended over the years when I was 25. And I'm still, I'm I'm, I'm sure I still do that now. Don't tell me if I do, but I'm sure I do now. But at 25, between 25 and 30, my mind, I don't know where it was. It was just like, okay, run, go forward, do this. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they said, you know, at Heritage, when people come to work for you, everybody knows you as a slave driver. They think of you as a slave driver. I'm thinking, I'm not a slave driver. Somebody say amen right there. <laughs> Just because there's stuff going on every day of the week doesn't mean I'm a slave driver. You know, uh, my father-in-law, prime example, he, <clears throat> He has always said that your church is one of the, for the size of our church, it's the busiest church he has ever seen. All right, that's what he says. And I don't know what churches he goes to besides Presbyterian and Methodist, but as far as this church, hey, listen, our time is short. That's right. Amen. I don't know about you, but I think about it more, more than ever before. You know, when you think that my grandfather died at 57, my dad died at 58, Mrs. Wilson just died at 56, I'm 52 years old, I don't know how many years I've got left, and it might be months, it could be days. We ought to be busy. God didn't right. didn't put us here to sit. He put us here to serve. Right. We can make a living while we're here, but making a living is not what God called you to do. He called you to be a Christian. If you're saved, you were called of God to be a son. You ought to act like a child of God. Right? Okay. That's not the message. Let's go to the message. The message this morning is this idea of teach, on who God teaches. And I want to just point out the three people that God teaches first, and then I'm going to preach for just a short time on it this morning. Psalm 25, look at the first one. First one is in verse number 8. Psalm 25, verse number 8. David said this Good and upright is the Lord, therefore, read the last phrase, verse number 8, together. Therefore, he will teach sinners in the way. So, who's the first type of people that God's going to teach? Verse number 9 says, uh, I'll go ahead and read the first phrase The meek will he guide in judgment. Let's read the last phrase together. And the meek will he teach his way. Second type of person that God teaches is who? The meek. And then the last one is verse number 12. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him, that being the person that fears the Lord, him shall he, God, shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. What's the last person that God will teach? Those who. All right, now listen, that's the message this morning, those three thoughts. And I'm just going to briefly talk about each of these this morning. David was talking about how God teaches him. By the way, David became a great king. Yes, he had his flaws, but he was a great king. You know why he was a great king? Because he relied upon God teaching him. You look at the book of Proverbs. The whole book of Proverbs was written specifically for young people. We know that from Proverbs 1, verse number four, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. Think about it, young people, an entire book that God wrote just for young people. If I were you, I'd be reading that book. It's going to talk about your purity. It's going to talk about your work ethic. It's going to talk about what you should stay away from and things that you should go to. It's going to talk about all kinds of things that a young person needs in their life. You ought to read that every day of your life, by the way. Amen. But the very next verse, verse number five, of chapter number one says this, a wise man will hear and will increase learning and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. What is he trying to say? A young person ought to be teachable. It's not a matter of, listen, I, I grew up in a Christian school. I still remember it to this day. My English teacher was not an English major. My English teacher in high school was a pastoral major, and he was old, all right? He was at least 30. I don't know, but he was old. <laughs> and I want to tell you something for an English teacher. He was boring. I didn't like it at all, okay? But, but can I just tell you, it's not a matter of the teacher being super exciting. It's a matter of the subject that what he was supposed to be teaching, Can I just say something? When it comes to preaching God's word, I sometimes get a little bit excited because I'm excited about what I'm talking about. I want to tell you, God, God wants to teach us from his word. And it's important for us to be a good student because you're not going to be able to get to heaven and say, I had a boring teacher. I'm not talking about the physical side of people who teach us. I'm talking about God. God's the one that shows you how to be a good husband, a good wife, a good parent. God's the one that shows you how to spend your money. You're going to get to heaven. You can't point a finger at God and say, well, God, if you had just taught me. God said, I gave you all the notes. You held it in your hand every Sunday. Amen. God's the best teacher. Amen. And by the way, sometimes when he teaches us, it's the hardest lesson. Uh, you know, I don't have a cattle prod this morning, but I need one. All right. Listen, let's just pretend for just a moment. You know what? We're gonna use this as my cattle prod because that's what the word teach means. The word teach means to prod, means to push. I'm getting tired. Man, this is not meant to come apart. Not like this. You're gonna be my cattle, come here. Take your coat off. Skylar, you're a blessing. Thank you for volunteering this morning. All right, get down on all fours. Not, you're not doing push-ups on your knees, all right? Now, what did they do with that cattle prod? All right, go ahead and start walking. That cattle prod was to put them in the right direction. And they would, they would say, you know, go that direction. That's what it would do. Now, I need an electric one. <laughs> That'll get his attention, amen? Hey, some of you need an electric one. God's trying to get your attention too. That's what the word teach is. In other words, God's trying to inspire us, to push us, to prod us, to get us to what he wants to do in our life. Now, God says there's only three types of people, as mentioned in Psalm 25, that he can actually teach. Some of you ought to be glad the first one is sinners. Right. You can go sit down now. Thank you so much. Give him a hand. All right. Just, mm-hmm. I want you to look at your, your scriptures quickly here. Now, look what he says in verse number 6, 7, and 8. David says, remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy lovingkindness, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the what? Sins, Sins of my youth, nor my what? Sins. Transgressions according to thy mercy. Remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Verse number 8, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he will teach sinners In the way. Look at verse number 11. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine what? For it's what? It's great. Look at verse 18. Look upon mine affliction and my pain and forgive what? Trishman, can I tell you, there are no perfect people, but there ought to be an imperfect people that is teachable. You know, I'm not for my kids messing up, but I want to tell you something. I'm talking about in the home setting. But when my kids mess up, it gives me an opportunity to do what? To teach. The preacher's kids sometimes get held. We were having a um, teacher's orientation Friday and I was talking to the teachers and I go over this every year in teacher's orientation. The staff kids are not to be held to a higher standard and the staff kids are not to be held to a lower standard. Staff kids are supposed to be held to everybody's standard. This thing of, well, you're the preacher's kids, you shouldn't have done that. You're a Christian, you shouldn't do that. It's not a matter of here or here. It's a matter that we're all on the same page. We're all sinners, and thank God God's a forgiving God. Amen. But can I tell you the kind of person he teaches? He teaches a person who's a sinner. So you messed up. Get back up. That's how you learn. Amen. That's David's writing Psalm 25. He said his sin was great. I really I really get the indication here that when he talks about his sin, that it was the sin of Bathsheba. He murdered Bathsheba's husband. He committed adultery. He says, God, my sin is great. And when you go back to 2 Samuel chapter number 12, when he gets right with God, the very first thing he says, God, I've sinned. And God said, I know. And there was consequences to that sin. But David still went on to be a great king, sweet psalmist of Israel. God used him to lead Israel. And I want to tell you why. Because he was teachable. I want to tell you something. If you can sin and be satisfied with your sin, you're not teachable. If you can sin and nobody can call you on the carpet, you're not teachable. If nobody can tell you that you're wrong, you're not teachable. What makes a sinner teachable is they're willing to get right so they don't mess up again. All of us are going to sin. And we know that from Romans 3.23, for all have sinned, which tells us that all of us have something to learn. Because if he's teaching sinners, that means we're all sinners. That means we all have something to learn that God's trying to teach us in our life. You know, Nabal was that guy the Bible, the servants talked about his, their master, Nabal, and it said, for he is such a son of Belial that a man cannot speak to him. Listen, you don't want to be that way. You don't want to be that way when your God calls you on, I didn't say man, when God calls you on the carpet and there's a Holy Spirit inside you that convicts you about a particular sin, whether it's in a church service or whether it's out in public, and you're, you ought to be broken because a broken and contrite heart, God will not despise. And that's what God does in our life to teach us in our life. Stop worrying about what everybody else thinks. Worry about what does God think. God teaches sinners. I won't turn you there but in Luke chapter 18 verses nine through 14, it's the story of the Pharisee and the publican. Remember what the Pharisee said? I fast twice a week, I give tithes. I'm not like that publican over there. In, in the parable of the Pharisee and the publican, what was the publican doing? He wouldn't even look his eyes up into heaven. He beats upon his chest and he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Why did Jesus say, I didn't come to call the righteous, I come to call the uh, the sinners to repentance? Because you know why? Because sinners are teachable. Listen, I don't know what's going on in your life, but if there's something that you've got, a private sinner, something that's going on in your life, you better let God teach you from that quit that particular sin, stop doing those kind of things and realize that God uses our failures to cause us to be able to stand up and do what God wants us to do in his life. Hey, listen, I'm not promoting to go into sin, but I will say this, there were some great sinners in the Bible that God used in a great way after they had sinned. Hey, listen, I know that we as independent Baptists, we can almost be pharisaical sometimes when somebody messes up and we wanna kick them while they're down, but I wanna just tell you something, that's not what Jesus did. I don't know if you could hear Jesus, and again, I don't want, I'm not trying to uh, uh, downplay the scriptures, but can you remember the story about the woman at the well? And the woman at the well, she comes, and of course Jesus says, hey, listen, uh, you, you've had five husbands. The one you're living with right now is not your husband. Here he is trying to give her the good news and how, how she can be saved and have that living water. There is no doubt that the disciples who went into the city must have passed her coming and going, never said one word to her. You know, we as Christians, we've got to be careful because I want to tell you, the beam in our own eye oftentimes blinds us when we're trying to get the moat out of everybody else's eye. We think we're so right with God, and God says, listen, you're a sinner just like that other person, but you're not teachable. No perfect parent. I don't care how good you think your children are, they're not. They're, They're rotten sinners is what they are. No perfect kids. We can, we can be proud, and again, we use that term loosely because pride is a sin. But we, we say, I'm proud of my children, but truthfully, they're only one day away from really doing something stupid. My kid would never do that. Live long enough. I'm just trying to say, is God, he teaches sinners, and we ought to be the kind of person that we mess up. God, forgive me and teach me. Show me what I need to do differently. Look at the second person that God teaches. If you're still with me this morning, say amen. Amen. Verses 9, 10, and 11. The meek will he guide in judgment. The meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy um, and truth uh, truth unto such as keep his uh, covenant and his testimonies. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. That word meek that's mentioned there means to be depressed. And I'm just going to use the word humble because that's the definition. Humble or lowly. Can I tell you, God can't teach you when you're proud. Who's Lucifer? He was the archangel, right? He's also called the what? Lucifer's called the devil, all right? You know who Lucifer is, right? Devil, all right? Satan. He was an archangel, and you go to Isaiah chapter 14, it's because of pride in his life when he said five times, I will, and he was going to be above God. Nobody's going to be above God. When Nebuchadnezzar walked out to his mountain, he said, look at all that I have done. He turns into an animal to run around for seven years. It was because of pride. You can't be teachable and have this idea of an arrogancy or, you know, I'm well enough off. That's the Laodicean age, by the way. They said, I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, and I have need of nothing. And God, Jesus says, you're poor, you're wretched, you're blind. You have no idea. You know what the problem is with the Laodicean age? It's this proud, arrogant attitude that we have. And God cannot teach us. God can't teach us. Church family, I want to tell you something. A lot of times a person will come to to Heritage Baptist Church, and if they only come to one or two services, boy, this is a great church, boy, I love the preaching, listen to me. But when a person is here, longevity... And then all of a sudden, they get one of those messages that was not sweet and funny and fuzzy and feel good. I'm not going back to that church anymore. Where does he get off saying that? He should have never done that. You know what the problem is? Pride. This preacher's far from perfect, but I want to tell you something. The majority of problems in churches is not about policy or personality. It's about pride. Proverbs 13.10 says, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. You ever wondered why those two phrases are together? Proverbs 13.10, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. I want to tell you why first phrase, second phrase, why those two phrases are together. Because a person who's proud will not be well-advised. Because no one's going to tell them what to do. I know better than them. They can't tell me that. Oh, that's not really what it says. You know what the problem is? You're not humble enough to be teachable. Just show me, there's so much to learn in life. How many times have you heard me pray? And again, I probably haven't prayed this out loud in years. But you guys that were with me at the beginning, how many times have you heard me say this? Heavenly Father, would you please give us wisdom beyond our years? Do you know how you get wisdom beyond your years? You're teachable. You know, Brother Sister Flory, Brother Florey, how old are you again? 80? How old are you? 78? 78. I'm sorry, forgive me, 78. I love Brother they Flory. They're, they're just, they, they flow with encouragement. Amen. You know, he comes out and he says, I mean, I don't know how many times. Pastor, that's a good thought this morning. That really helped me. Thank you so much. Okay, what am I going to teach Brother Flory? He's He's 78 years old. I mean, that's like Methuselah. But I wanna tell you the difference about brother and sister Flory are teachable. Amen. And at 78 years old, it's not when they say, well, I've been in church all my life. I know the book. Maybe, maybe that pastor one of these days will teach me something. And I know that's not what we want. We don't want the pastor teaching us anything. What we want is God, the Holy Spirit to teach us. Yeah. But I wanna just tell you something. If you've got this spirit when you come to church with a chip on your shoulder like, I wonder what's gonna happen today. That's not what you're here for. You're here to worship. You're here to, to give God uh, the focus in your life. That God speak to my heart. Show me what it works. If there's something I need to change, I want to know it. By the way, that's how he teaches sinners. But you are never going to get past the first one if you don't get to the second one. And that's you've got to humble yourself in the sight of God so he can lift you up in due, time, due season. Amen. Humility. Humility keeps a person from learning. When a person does not have humility, it keeps them from learning. I want you to look at this last one with me. Verse number 12, it says, What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that what? And he will show them his covenant. Now, I don't know if you catch that or not. The secret of the Lord. That means there's things that God does not just tell everyone. Stephen, stand up so we can see who I'm talking about. Thank you, you maybe seated. I do not know why God made Stephen the way he did, but there's something inside of Stephen that he likes to know what's going on. Now, and I'm, I'm talking to almost to an unusualness. How many in my family would say amen? amen. All right. Listen, and, I, and by the way, I love Stephen. I'm gonna tell you, I'm thankful, I, I love him, okay? But this one area of his life, we tease about it some. But there's this one area of his life, he wants to know what's going on. He wants to know what's going on at the school. He wants to know what's going on at the church. He wants to know what's going on in, in my wife and I's life. I mean, it's just, there's something about him. Now, I know what you call it. You call it nosy, and I would agree. But he just wants to know everything. And I going to tell you something. If I really want to irritate and aggravate him, I have a secret. <laughs> And it's like, Dad, did you tell anybody else? I did. Oh. <laughs> That's not fair. You've got to tell me. I mean, it just really rubs him wrong when he doesn't know what's going on. And I want to just tell you something. There's things that God tells those who fear him that he's not going to tell those who don't. Right. Amen. Did you notice the next phrase used the word covenant? First phrase uses the word secret. Can I just tell you, there's things in the scripture that God does not open up to people unless they fear him. Amen. That's right. That word fear means to have an awe, a respect. In other words, you don't live your life flippantly. You acknowledge God because you fear him. That's right. When he doesn't want something in your life, you try not to have that in your life because you fear him. And God says, hey, listen, the kind of person who fears me, that's the person I can teach. God wants to teach us as Christians, but he's not going to teach you if you have this worldly philosophy that humanism, I'm in control, I can do whatever I want. You can't do whatever you want. There's a God. And if you're a child of God, you ought to even be more scared. You know, Skylar respects me as his pastor, but if I tell him what to do, you know, hey, this guy don't do that, and I don't... I try not to cross over homes. I've tried to always not to do that unless a parent asks me to. You know, I don't come up and spank your children. I just don't. I, I've had parents ask me to do that on un, unusual situations, but I don't like that. That's your child. It's not my child. I'm their pastor, and I don't have a problem. You need, do you need a spanking? No. Okay, just making sure. All right, so he so doesn't need a spanking. Does he need a spanking? Your, your grandmother says yes. <laughs> Are you obeying at home? No. You're not obeying at home. Oh, yes, I can. Are you obeying? Look at me. You've got to obey. You've got to do what you're told. You know, when you don't do what you're told, you know what you should get? You should get a spanking. Do you want a spanking? Okay, just making sure. I'm not going to come up and spank him because he's not my own. But I look at Stephen and said, Stephen, you're messing around in church. Go to my office. Now, he knows we're not going to office for a Bible study. That's because he's mine. There's a certain amount of fear because he's my child. And does, does he love me? Yes. Does I love him? Yes. But there's a fear there because if I don't do right, I'm going to get in trouble. Can I tell you, as a child of God, you better stop taking this so lightly that you can do whatever you want, watch whatever you want, say whatever you want, and live the way you want and act like God is not going to do anything. Because by the way, he's not going to teach you anything either. So David says specifically here, there's three types of pupils, three types of students that God can impart knowledge to. Talk to me now. The first type of person God can really teach is a what? Sinner. Sinner. God says, now you can use the Bible word, but God says the second type of person that he can teach is a person who's what? Meek Meek or humble. He says the third type of person I can teach is a person who what? Fears Fears the Lord. Now, I want to say this in closing when i look at this chapter here david and i'm serious i just want to tell him to david said there were there were three things that david did in order for god to be make him teachable so that god could teach him he was a sinner yes he was humble yes and he feared god yes that's why god taught david that's why david ended up on the other side even after he sinned still a good king but there's three things that you need to do if god's going to teach you the first thing you have to do is this you have to first of all trust god because he's the authority in your life you have to trust him I'll, I'll just point the verse out to you because I'm not going to belabor I'm not going to uh, stay here. But in verse number one, or I'm sorry, verse number two of chapter 25, oh my God, I, what's the, say, what's the phrase? I trust, I trust in thee. Verse number 20, oh keep my soul in me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. You're going to have to trust the Lord. Second thing is verse number four and five is the word teach me. He's asking God to teach him, so you're going to have to ask the Lord. And then look at verse number three. He says, yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Verse number five, Lead me in thy truth, teach me, for thou art my God and my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day long. Verse number 21, let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Now listen, if if God's going to teach you, you have to do the same thing David did. You're going to have to ask, you're going to have to trust, and then sometimes you have to wait. Wait but God will teach you. And by the way, what's the kind of pupil God's looking for? He's looking real simply for, he's looking for the sinner, that's teachable. He's looking for the humble, that's teachable. And he's looking for the, the person who fears him, that's teachable. Hey, I wanna tell you, I've sat through many a classes and slept through them. You know, it's funny. I, I know this sounds crazy and, and, I'm, and you know by my preaching, I'm not a real smart person, but I made straight A's throughout all of high school, straight A's. I know this sounds crazy. I, I made straight A's in algebra. I made straight A's in geometry. All right, now watch. I can't do algebra and geometry. When my kids come home with homework, my wife helps them with algebra and geometry because I want her to be a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know why I made straight A's in, in high school? The reason I made straight A's in high school is because when it came time for a test, I could reproduce. I could take what was on the page here, whether I understood it or not, and when it came time to take the test, I could reproduce it, and I made straight A's just because I could reproduce, not because I understood it. I I wish so many times that I would have paid attention in class and understood it, because to this day, I can't even use it. And there's so many Christians, you're sleeping through class, and you're making the straight A's because you know what to reproduce. Oh, I'm supposed to dress up for church or I'm, I'm supposed to carry a Bible or I'm supposed to pass the. You know how to reproduce, but you don't understand what you're doing. You're not teachable. I'm gonna tell you something. You need to ask God, God, I wanna be that person that you can teach. And I'm asking you, I'm willing to wait for it. And I trust you as a teacher that whatever you're trying to teach me that I'll catch I want, I, want, I want God to teach me. Do you want God to teach you? I hope so. Young people, don't wait till you're 52 and say, man, wish I wouldn't have slept through class. Some of you are not sleeping in a physical class, but you're sleeping through life. You're missing what God's will is for your life because you're not being teachable. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning?